This is Continuous Testing Live. My name is Noel Wurst. I am the host of this program, and it is great to be back. I am really excited about this episode since, one, it's about one of my favorite topics to discuss, exploratory testing, and two, this episode has been a long time coming. I want to give a big thank you to my two guests this week, Dr. Marcia Bazella and Susan Zampino. I had the pleasure of meeting Marcia and Susan at Star East, where they each presented a session that I felt warranted further discussion, and they were kind enough to offer me that opportunity. Susan's session was on how to exploratory test like a bloodhound, and Marcia's was on balancing tech know-how with social skills. And for something like exploratory testing, a practice that many outside of the testing world often know very little about, the need for testers to have the social or communication skills to convey exploratory testing's importance is vital. And knowing how to effectively share the findings and results of your exploratory testing efforts from within your testing peers, often all the way up to the executive level, is just as important, if not more so. Marcia and Susan cover these topics and a whole lot more on this episode of Continuous Testing Live. So I'm sitting here with Marcia and Susan. Um, I've just attended both of these sessions here at Star East, and there was there was something that came up during Marcia's session that I thought would be a great starting point um, for this. There was a, a quote towards the end of it that said, social interactions enable us to assess situations and course correct in ways that machines cannot. And we've seen a lot of sessions here this week about machine learning and AI. I think I counted 13 total sessions that had either of those two in the title. I'm sure plenty more brought it up during the session itself. So as far as thinking about social uh, interactions and and what they're doing or what they're capable of that machines are not, what are some of those things that are just easier to convey or more effective at conveying as a social human interaction? I think the first thing that you want to remember is that people are the ones making these machines. And there are guidelines and code that go into that process that humanize the way that those machines are going to start their learning process. Angie said, I need to learn how it learns. So we need to step back and learn how we learned because we're teaching it what it needs to know. So we're going to learn a lot about ourselves, about humanity. We talked about business ethics, you know, machine ethics and things like that. We have to be better at understanding ourselves. And that comes from the social interaction side. Because we're now using machines to help have those conversations or do work for us. We need to be able to understand why we did that work and explain it in a way that allows us to understand the value of the work, the direction that we're going, and the value that that machine time then adds to what we can now contribute. Mm -hmm. Because once we shove away all that extra dirty work and what everybody's been talking about is the, the mundane stuff, you can get into the pieces that require us to have conversations, to do an analysis of what the available options are, to um, problem solve what might be next. And that requires people who are aware of themselves and of what's happening around them. And that's an area that we don't always focus on. When your exploratory mm -hmm. test, I'm a big advocate of working with others, understanding your skill sets. If I am a extrovert and this person is an introvert, understand that. Understand how they learn and how you learn. And when you're exploratory testing, 
I know I'm strong in domain knowledge or technical knowledge or, you know, weak in testing. When you do that, it's understanding your competencies and where you need to grow and develop in addition to what your strengths are. And then when you work and collaborate with others, because exploratory testing is about collaboration, working with others to gain that knowledge, working with the business to understand, as you said, you got to teach them, you teach the machine. You, in exploratory testing, gain that knowledge from them to expand yours. And you grab that little that little bit of sand and you put it in your back pocket and then later on it's still there. And you can expand upon that in a different situation and grow and develop. Yeah, I like during your session where um I think it was someone else someone in the crowd that mentioned as far as um, you know, uh, when do you exploratory test? And I think someone said when you have uh, domain knowledge about something and then someone in the crowd actually mentioned you can actually do it without any domain knowledge at all and, and grow it from those those kinds of tests. So when you go in and you're, you're doing exploratory testing, it's uh, the results are not going to be in the um, typical analytics uh, rich um, graphs and, 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 and uh, um, reporting that a lot of people are looking for, especially decision makers, maybe managers are looking for those, you know, hard-coded numbers. So what are some of the things that exploratory testing uh, reveals that are um, difficult to fit into those kinds of um, uh, methods of sharing of information? And then how would you suggest taking some of those things that you find and, and communicating those when you can't put it into the uh, source of truth of a spreadsheet? After the session, I had a gentleman come up to me and had that exact question. He's like, you know what? I have to document. I, I've got to you know, share. And I just said, well, what, what is required? You know, you're coming on. Maybe you're in a legal environment where you need to document everything then you have to, you know, you have to understand what tools you need to use. That was brought up. She, she wanted to know what tools can I use to communicate? There's a bunch of tools out there. You know, exploratory testing is about, you know, feedback. Well, maybe that feedback doesn't have to be so formal. Maybe it's like, I tested it. It's not reusable. And I explored these different areas and that, you know, debrief is sufficient. And maybe it's just a matter of saying, I checkbox, I did this, this, and this. But again, know that target audience, know what they are looking for. Again, like you said, numbers, you know, mm -hmm. maybe they, maybe they need to see that visual. You got to alter that and you got to, you know, maybe they want it charted out. Maybe just do a pie chart and say, I covered these areas and here's visuals and, and that'll help them. But you know, it, it was a great question, but understand your target audience when you're delivering a deliverable. Mm -hmm. During my research for my doctorate, I actually looked at what the soft skills were of software testers. And two of the areas of opportunity were the assertiveness of software testers, as well as their ability to communicate across roles and levels. And I think both of those things are coming out pretty clearly mm -hmm. right now. You have to know the audience. You have to be able to explain yourself in a way that you can communicate your domain knowledge, how you translated that into whatever activity it was, whether it was a test script or exploratory testing, because you need to show the value of those steps. If you aren't able to show the value of those steps or to explain it correctly to someone, they may decide it's not valuable and try to cut it from the process which we don't want to have happen because we do recognize the value of testing and what it brings in terms of risk and quality. 
as software testers, we have to be able to start becoming that assertive voice. <clears throat> Speak up. Sometimes shut up if you're not listening well enough. You need to be able to interact with your people on the projects, stakeholders from across the board, development, users, to have a moment with a vice president or something like that. Don't tell them there's 20 bugs. Tell them something else about your, your project. Like, we just explored this piece of functionality and we learned this. Don't worry about the metrics in that moment. But if you're explaining to a developer what's going on, then you want to get down to the facts. What's happening in the situation, how you got there, and then if they come back to you and say, well, it's not that way on my side, or you're doing it wrong, ask questions. What do you mean? How does it work for you? What am I doing wrong? What would you suggest to be able to reinforce your position and then grow from there? I'd like to add to that. I had a similar situation where I read the requirement. I explored this requirement my way based off of how a user would use it. It was a button, click this. And I clicked it, and that's the way the developer tested it, and that's how they coded it. But I knew that if I hit that button, it takes me to a pop-up, a different path. So I'm communicating to the developer that, wait a minute, the, 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 you didn't hit that path. And they said, they didn't tell me to. So then we spent time with the business analyst and said, is that valuable? Do, do you want it that way? And so we had to change a requirement. So it was still a defect and it was still an issue. He coded it the right way. The requirement was the right way, but it was that alternative path. It was that learning. Now communicating that with a developer who is very black and white, this is right, was challenging because it was trying to say, no, what you did wasn't wrong. It was right, but there's another way. And it took the business to come in and say, no, that's what I wanted. And we were both looking at it from our perspective. It's wrong. It's right. What do you want? And it was that communication and that collaboration as a team knocked it out. And we learned from it. We grew. Next time, guess what our requirements said when we hit that button? By the way, the alternative path. So again, learning and growing from your experiences and how to communicate. With things like Agile and, uh, and, and DevOps, which we talk about a lot at, at Tricenta, so we, we talk all the time about how silos are coming down um, between developers and testers and, and operations, and even between uh, the, the more technical staff and then the, the business directly, um, managers, executives. Um, there's no more just throwing code over the wall that's not acceptable anymore. Um, we talked about at a conference we had last year that there are C-level executives now who are recognizing uh, testing as a positive instead of a bottleneck. Um, for maybe the first time ever, um, there was one at our at our show who said that uh, that he knows more executives who now look at testing. He said as an untapped resource for innovation, and that that's going to lead to the CIO looking um, to or CFO or whoever it may be, CEO looking at testing for you know what can you do for me, what can you do for the business. So I know testers need to learn how to talk, learn how to talk to devs. They need to learn how to talk to their manager how to talk to operations. I know that if one of our C-level executives came to me and was like, validate what you're doing, or why is what you're doing important today, kind of like you said a minute ago, I, I can't tell him about the number of retweets uh, we got. I can't, he might not even think this podcast was all that as exciting as I do. Um, how can testers kind of foresee what may come to them from a role that high and feel like when they leave that conversation, they didn't totally screw it up? 
One of the things I look at is expanding the IT triangle of people, process, and technology to include goals. So there's two sides to the technical and there's two sides to the social. Adding goals and expectations to support the social side is important because as the CIO, he's setting some of the objectives and the requirements for the teams to adhere to as they develop their projects. And if that CIO is savvy enough to recognize the need for testing and the value that it brings, then the testing team needs to recognize how they bring that value to the table. It requires them to thoroughly understand their job. It requires them to ask clarifying questions about expectations if they're not sure. You can't just rely on past assumptions. We did it this way in the past, I'm gonna do it this way again and everything will be fine. That's not the case. We're at a point in time where technology is advancing at an exorbitant exponential rate and we have to keep up with it. We have to learn how to use it and make it work for us in a way that keeps our products and services innovative and interesting. When we do that, then we're probably more in alignment with that CIO's perspective. So if we can communicate the facts and the expectations of our assignments in a way that they then align with the expectations of the organization, the CIO is going to buy in. Mm -hmm at least a little bit more to start, if not fully, and be able to then ask questions that will allow us to continue down that path. You brought up some great comments. We, um, at my company, I was asked to present a shift left presentation to upper management, to all of the developer managers. So my target audience was developer managers. I was tasked with Explain to them shifting left. Great. Gathered all my information, you know, reevaluated and tailored it to that audience. And I presented, this is what it is, because that's what I was tasked with. At the very end, I had boss of a boss of a boss. She attended it and she said, Sue, what do you want us to do? So I sat there and spent all that time communicating what it is. And then they said, oh, wait, what do you want us to do about it? Again, you know, there was an opportunity where uh, maybe I should have looked at who my audience was and not just given them the message, but learn and say, oh, what do you want them to do? I came back with an email and asking what the expectations were. But again, as you said, you know, know who your audience is, what the message is, but what do they want to take away from it? So that was my lesson learned. Won't happen again. <laughs> and then something that came up during during both of your sessions for me was, you know, the importance of knowing your audience and then knowing how they prefer to receive um, input from you or from others in the organization, and maybe even how often. Um, we talk about rapid feedback all the time as being something that exploratory testing can provide. It can provide this immediate insight into um, this this button on my app is not the right color and people are going to be confused by it. I've got to get this shared to somebody. Sometimes it's it's not the right time to share something that may actually still be important. So once you figure out who your audience is, how do you learn things like the best way to share something like exploratory test results, something that people in your organization may not even be aware that you're doing? Um, uh, maybe it's outside of the requirements. They're expecting you to come back with something in the requirements. How do you um, keep yourself from a uh, I'm not sure what the word is, keep yourself from just, you know, pouring out information that you find really, really valuable, you're delivering it to the right person, 
Um, it's, it's, it fits along with their needs, but maybe it, is, is it possible that it could come at a bad time where it can't be acted on at that point? When you're looking at exploratory testing, you went down this path and you found these issues. Again, assess what is the criticality of it? Is it, you know, a high risk or, you know, did we really care that it was blue one off, you know, in a display? Maybe we're not doing continuous delivery on this project. Can this sit there until, you know, reported as, you know, an issue, it was found in test, but do you have to work on it right then and there? Can you gather all those displays and then fix them at that one time? Uh, there is one project where they would go and report the defects and just that the developer would say, oh, I know that they didn't put an emphasis on break fix. They put an emphasis on being aware of the defects out there. And then when I'm coding that, hey, I can pick up that defect and then, you know, fix it at that time. It was a better use of the developer's time and the tester's time. They said, I reported it, identified the steps to do it. You work on it whenever, and then assign it back to me. I'll test it, but I can close out that story card because the communication with the team was, you can go ahead, it's okay to report it, close it out when it's this level. You know, is it a low? Medium too. You know, maybe we don't, we're going to elevate, you know, in two months, and we'll work on the medium, wrapping up the mediums at this time. Maybe the communication is high risks are done immediately, high risk defects. So it's all what works for the team and for the project and for the company and the processes. Susan, you hit on something that I like to comment on a lot, which is the proper setting of expectations. You have to set the expectation of what you decide to have as your finish point. The definition of success is socially constructed. Everybody comes to the table and has their own opinion about the different things. Developers like to do a process that I'll call gold plating, where they're getting in there, they're making it happen, and they're like, oh, I can make it this much better. And they keep adding these little features to it, which may or may not be relevant at that point in time. But if we set expectations around the level of severity of a defect that does not have to be addressed, that allows something to move forward, if we set expectations about the volume of gold plating, you might be you know, able to introduce into a period of time. That helps everybody plan more effectively. And we can better use our time to address the more critical issues and make sure that we have a certain level of quality. Because quality, again, is one of those expectations you have to talk about up front. How willing are we to take certain risks? Do we care if our customer sees blue one versus blue two? It's, does it matter? Can they click on the right button? That's probably the point that matters. So having that expectation clear across the board in so many different areas helps us to have those conversations in a timely fashion because we all recognize what that critical point is and when things need to escalate. And then the last question that I had um, was, uh, Marcia, your session was on you know, uh, improving social skills. Um, Susan, yours was on exploratory testing and, and learning when and where you can do it. And we've, we've talked about how to share those results. Um, I love the idea of people being at a stage where maybe they recognize their social skills can get better and they're willing to then look for those opportunities to improve them by attending sessions like these. But there's probably also a number who also recognize their social skills could be better and they're not going to seek the opportunity to, uh, to, to improve those. So as someone who maybe has a, a lower set of social skills or views their social skills as needing improvement, they make those choices to, uh, to improve them and they do 
how can they help those who who refrained from seeking to improve their own skills without feeling like you, they've been backed into a corner? And then I would say for 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 maybe for your um, version, that you can answer it however you like anyway. But um, it, an exploratory tester who's gotten really great at sharing their results from their to their colleagues to the C level, how do they um, you know if they would like the rest of their team to to be able to do that as just as well without making it feel like I do this really great and you should do it the way I do it. So there's a general perspective that many software testers are more introverted than extroverted, and that does make communication a challenge sometimes. And I already mentioned that assertiveness and across roles and levels are the particular areas, but you can change your communication abilities, you can change your problem-solving tactics by just trying things. Take a moment and practice. Learn from that moment, what went well, what didn't go well. Even something as simple as taking an email and picking it apart, what's good in the email, what's not so good. It could be your email, it could be somebody else's that you kind of like their writing style. And then learn something from it and start to adopt it. You become a role model. And as you become that role model for things that start to go more positively, others are going to see that. And even if they've made the decision not to actively invest in their own social skills and their practices, as they see others doing it, they're going to get some of that along the way. And then the way that you engage them in the process is to ask them questions and to include them. Don't say things like, we've always done it this way. Don't, you know, it's not going to work. Talk about the why and talk about the why not in a positive light so that people can learn from the experience, you'll trick them into learning and keep them a little bit closer to where the team is going. At the end of my presentation, I expanded on know your competencies. I It fit perfectly in with your social skills. And if I look at things holistically and this person looks at the details, I can learn from that. I can grow and develop. And in the beginning of mine, I said, if I, when I was 25, if somebody would have said, hey, understand yourself, take those social skills, you know, those social, you know, tests, you know, back in, you know, the red book, you know, the, the personality test, take those and understand yourself, but yet grow from it. If you are a very black and white person and you, go, you bulldoze people into it, are you going to get that, you know, you're not going to get that response. You're not going to be, you know, you want to draw them in. You want to draw in. Be humble. You know, when you're exploratory testing, don't come in, you know, as you mentioned, you know, as knowing it all, you're not going to get the results that you want. Understand your target market. And, and I say market, understand the target person. And how do you communicate with them? But the only way you can grow and develop in exploratory testing is understand your skill sets, the person that you're communicating with, and you'll learn from it. You may pick that little piece and that will grow and develop and be a pearl. You know, it, it will grow and enhance your exploratory testing. This time, you transfer that knowledge to the next one and the next one, and then you've got a big bag of tricks and, you know, you transfer that knowledge to the end market too. You you worked with this person, they really didn't know how to test. So now you're expanding them and the whole company is growing and developing. That is going to do it for this week's show. 
I want to give a big thank you to Dr. Marcia Bazella and Susan Zampino for both the time they gave me at Star East and their patience with me while waiting for this show to finally air. We've actually got two more episodes on the way that were also recorded at Star East, so I highly recommend subscribing to this show, which you can do on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or SoundCloud, just by searching for Continuous Testing Live. And that'll make sure you never miss any of the episodes that we've got coming. Thank you for joining us. We hope you do so again real soon. Bye.